This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show. When you look at the Yankees, it's like they've kind of given up. Games are over early that this Yankee team is able to come back. You have no sense. When they down, they, they don't get up. Adding insult to injury was Garrett Cole was, was awful. Why do you think a turnaround is possible with this team the way they're playing right now? Because that's what we do. We're sick animals in a, in a lot of ways. We know that they will finish the season under 500 if they do for the first time since 1992. All right, so if, if they are working that hard and get out on the field and look this bad, they're not that good. It's as simple as that. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number two, Sunday edition, hanging out with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also, reach us on X. At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. Of course, that's formerly Twitter. We'll turn our attention. We'll come back to some Yankee talk. But right now, we turn our attention to the National Football League and the New York Jets. And for that, we join, be joined by my good friend, Dennis Wozniak. Does a phenomenal job covering the Jets for the Associated Press. Hey, Dennis, how are you? I'm doing great, Larry. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, Dennis, how you been faring with, with, with our Mets this year? <laughs> at least um, you can laugh <laughs> you, you know what though uh, lately it's been kind of nice to see these guys bounce back right and uh-huh. uh and have a nice stretch here after it looked like okay they're, they're never going to win another game the rest of the season so um you know i kind of like that and, and that tells you a lot about some of these guys that you're going to want to move forward with you know yeah it does it, it, it really does it really does um dennis let me get your thoughts give me the Give me the yays and nays uh, if you're a Jet fan from what you saw from the team last night against Tampa. Well, I, I think the first yay is what Makai Becton was able to do at right tackle last night. Um, it was his first time playing that position. Uh, as we know, he's kind of been eased in, and there's a lot of question marks about you know what he can do, what, what he can be. Uh, after the two big-time knee injuries that he's dealt with over the last uh, two years, you know, just trying to get through that. And, and he really looked good. He played 25 snaps on offense, uh, so he got a taste of that. They, they really want to see him get through uh, extended playing time. And I, I think for what yesterday, last night was, he was able to do that. He threw a bunch of pancake blocks. It was the Makai Becton of old, which isn't that long ago, but there's been a lot that's gone on since. Um, so, and, and granted, it's backups that he faced against the Buccaneers, but still it was some of those, those flashes of dominance that you had hoped he would be able to show. And, and really, if he can play right tackle, one of the biggest question marks on this team right now will be answered by sliding him into right tackle and letting him go. I think that's, that's the way this has to play out now. And if he, if he's comfortable enough, I think the coaches will be comfortable enough and, and they will now have that right tackle and Makai Becton as long as he gets stay healthy. All right, Dennis. So let's stay with, with that for a second. Shouldn't it be though, I guess in the perfect world for me, Shouldn't Dwayne Brown be the backup instead of us? Oh my God, what happens when he, when will he finally get off pup to play left tackle? I mean, it should kind of be reversed, no? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's why it's such a an interesting situation uh, on that offensive line because 
they've plugged him in, Dwayne Brown, at, as the left tackle, yet we still haven't seen him practice. You know, and the season's only, you know, a few weeks away here, and left tackle is such a demanding position, but he's not going to play on the right side. So, and he, I, they're not paying him to be a backup either. So I think they really believe that he'll be back and he'll be able to catch up. I think Robert Solid said something about, um, you know, he's one of those guys that he doesn't need a lot of time to, to get into game mode. And it, you got to give him that, you know, 38 years old, he's been around a long time, he's playing, but still there's got to be some rust. Uh, and apparently he's going to be back pretty soon. <laughs> but we've been hearing that most of the summer. It's coming. He's coming. He'll be here soon. Uh, you want to see him out on the practice field this week, ideally, just to kind of ease him back in and, and be ready for the season opener. But, yeah, you're right, Larry. You think at this point now, um, I think there there's with some hesitant, you know, just they were hesitant about Becton because, he hadn't shown that he would be able to stay on the field. And mm-hmm. even when he was playing, you know, he said, I felt my knee um, in that opener, and he wasn't really confident in the knee. And I think that's built up now. I think he, he realizes, oh, he might feel a tweak or two. That doesn't mean he's hurt. You know, he doesn't mean the knee is going to go out on him again. He's, he's kind of dealing with that. And I, I think now – He's, he's kind of used to what will be the situation for his knee. And I think he played freely last night. And I think really that is the biggest thing you saw last night out of that game. All right. Uh, Dennis Wozniak my guest from the Associated Press. All right, Dennis, let's get our weekly Zach Wilson update since he is the only quarterback to be playing, um, getting most of the snaps in preseason up until this coming week, which we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> I, you know, I think Zach Wilson was efficient again. I think uh, he he showed some things. He's he's more confident. I, I think it's another situation where you're seeing a guy who is getting used to the situation and and is now more more comfortable and confident. I, I think it, it it's such a big thing to have Aaron Rodgers there for Zach Wilson. We all talked about that that what it would mean for Zach Wilson uh, to be sitting behind this guy who's a four-time MVP and he's done all these things. And I I think it's really starting to play out on the field. Uh, You see see a guy who's moving differently now. He's thinking differently. Uh, it's, It's not resulting in these dynamic plays. Like you would have liked to have seen him get the ball into the end zone against some of the backups last night. But you're seeing the ball move a little more efficiently. Some of those, remember we talked about this last season a few times, those short throws, those, those mm. easy, so-called easy throws that he would dirt, you know, or wouldn't would overthrow a guy. He made a couple of those and connected. So there's, there's progress. Larry, this is what we should have seen in year one. You would have liked to have seen this type of progress and just kind of easing him in. So it's kind of like a reset. So, I think what you've seen from Zach Wilson this summer has been promising and, and, and gives you hope that, hey, you know, th- this kid's not lost. He's not a lost cause. He, he has skill. He has potential. And as, as long as he doesn't need to play right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, really what we're saying, Dennis, and what you're saying and, and what we're seeing is had they possibly had a backup quarterback for them last year, 
and maybe yeah. a more experienced coordinator. Uh, maybe not saying he would have been Steve Young, okay, a, a fabulous BYU alum, but we're saying that he might have been a little better than what he was. Yeah, I, I think that, that there's a lot to that, you know, and and I I think um, it, when you when you think about the situation that Zach Wilson's been through from his rookie year through now, um, it it was a, a tough kind of you know, baptism into the NFL. He, he probably was not ready. And I think even LaFleur said that last year, you know, if, if in an ideal situation, he wouldn't have played, you know, we would have had a veteran backup. I think there were mistakes made, you know, there were mistakes made by the, the coaching staff too, you know, to, to kind of bring him along. I think they thought he would be ready to go and he would be a dynamic offensive presence and he struggled you know and it, there's so many different factors when you're an NFL quarterback it's not just skill alone it's that mental aspect and I think he really did struggle and it, last night he was talking about how you know there, the confidence and and level of comfortability is there now and not saying that it wasn't before but there's just something different you could see it in him there's there's almost like a, a sense of relief. Like he's not thinking as much. He's able to go out there. I think Hackett is a huge help. And I think, like I said, Aaron Rodgers is just a tremendous influence. You see him talking to him, even on hard knocks. We've seen it on one Jeff's drive. You've seen him talking to Wilson, move it, move your feet, you know, do these things. And, and not to say some of those other guys who were behind Joe Flacco weren't like that, but, Zach Wilson looked up to Aaron Rodgers like his whole life, and now he's there in his ear all the time. That's it. Remember, we were talking about how many voices are in Zach Wilson's mm. ear. There's the quarterback's coach, the offensive coordinator, the offensive assistant, all these guys. He just has Aaron Rodgers. That's all he needs, and Hackett being a part of that. And I, I think uh, it's, it's promising for Zach Wilson. But like I said, you, you want him to develop and practice, but you really don't want to see him anytime soon. No, absolutely not. Because if you see him too soon, that means something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> horribly <Yeah>. wrong. <laughs> That's not what you want to see. All right, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Dennis, finally, we'll get a chance to see him. There was some conversation as to whether we will see him at any preseason games. And you you know, they always have that concern. Two more injuries last night in some preseason action. So, you know, I don't know if we're... I mean, we were having this, the conversation with my producers off the air, Dennis. I'm, I'm thinking, and Anita Marks mentioned it on the air before I came on today. You know, we might be looking towards, uh, you know, covering uh, these these joint practices, and that might be it, <laughs> the way things are going. But yeah. that's a different story. Talk to me about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Possibly, uh, Aaron Rodgers going to start against the Giants. Yeah, I mean that, that it was a little bit of a surprise to me, and and kind of jumping off what we were just talking about. You don't want to see Zach Wilson anytime soon because you want to see Aaron Rodgers a full season. So I know Jet fans, a lot of them right now are kind of freaking out at this news because they have these memories of Chad Pennington getting hurt against the Giants in the preseason. Mark Sanchez getting hurt in the preseason against the Giants. And now Aaron Rodgers will play at least briefly against the Giants in the preseason finale. I'm surprised because he hasn't played since 2018, and I thought, you know, for sure – that would not be the case. I didn't think he would go out there. I think he thought, you know, we would see him in the joint practices and they would treat it as the, the tune-up. But I think they just want to get the starting offense out there for a series, maybe two. I would think one. 
mm-hmm. and just get out there, just kind of get get it together out there, get the feel, and then get off the field. Um, so it makes that game a lot more interesting, that's for sure. You know, I mean, you had the Giants, like, will Daniel Jones play, that kind of thing. Um, oh, you know, as far as the Jets, Aaron Rodgers will still have the headset on the sideline. Not anymore. I think the uh, the NFL world will be focused on uh, that at least that that first series by Aaron Rodgers on Saturday night. So, uh, Dennis, what are the possibilities of us since we're going to see Aaron Rodgers? Are we possibly going to see Dalvin Cook on Saturday night, or we have to wait more toward the regular season for him because of the injury? I, I would think not. I I, I would be surprised uh, because. He's not even with the team right now. Uh, he had his baby over the weekend. I think he was going to be. So, it, I mean, he said he's been in, in uh, shape. Uh, he stayed in shape working out while he was a free agent and waiting for really for something to happen here with the Jets. But, um, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of he hasn't really even he hasn't practiced yet. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where would you you think he's ready to kind of take a carry or two against the, the uh, Giants? Uh, I'm not sure I would want to do that, especially with Brees Hall still coming back. You kind of maybe wait until that uh, that preseason that regular season opener. Uh, but but who knows? I didn't think Aaron Rodgers was going to play <laughs> in the preseason either. So so we'll see. It could be could be a whole bunch of fun on Saturday night. I'm siding with you, Dennis. I don't think you'll see him. I think you'll you'll see Michael Carter and crew, and and uh, you know, the, really the main thing here is for the offensive line. Now, now we'll really get a chance to see, especially if if uh, Beckton's going to be on the right side against the giant front. That if they play their starters, and they might uh, defensively, a couple of them, it'll be you know a little more of a test, so we can see if Beckton can, you know, put some put some performances back to back, Dennis, because that's going right. to be the thing for him to not only give himself confidence, but give the giant, the jet coaching staff confidence that he might be, you know, either usable or tradable. <laughs> right. Right. A hundred percent. And and I think when you look at him, right, you're like this guy, he, he's got, he's got the size, you know, and he, he's got the ability. You, we've seen it. You just got to get it consistently out there and stay healthy, you know, as we've talked about. And, um, and if that's on the right side, he, he just wants to play. He said all the right things when we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago about, you know, playing and, and, and this whole comeback trail of his. And um, he's hungry. He really is. He wants to get out there, and I think he wants to prove everybody wrong. And, and it's not a matter of him being a left tackle or right tackle. He just wants to, to shut everybody up and show that he can be a, an NFL tackle, that he could play and be a starter. Now, when you look at the starting offensive line last night, the only player who was starting at his position was Connor McGovern at center. They had Max Mitchell at left tackle, and Mitchell has been working at right tackle and one of the guys in the mix for that job. And Joe Titman, who has been a center, was working at left guard. Now he hurt his knee. We're, we're waiting to hear you know, how – uh, you know, with that, what that's all about, if he'll be okay. Uh, but then Wes Schweitzer was a right guard. You know, he's a backup guard and center. And Billy Turner has also been in that right tackle. You, you don't want that line to be out there on Saturday night in front of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-mm. You know, you're not going to have Dwayne Brown out there, I don't think, at left tackle. But, you know, you, you want Elijah Vera Tucker to be back. You want Lincoln Tomlinson to be a left guard. You want... Um, you know, McGovern to be out there. You want Beckton to get those those snaps with the starting offense uh, because I think I think in their hearts, just 
from talking to people, they believe if Becton can be right, he could be the right tackle. So you want that offensive line to, to get a taste of, of playing in front of Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, you, you get uh, a, a series or two on Saturday night, and, and that could really boost the confidence of, of the coaching staff, the players, and, and even the fans that, okay, you know, this whole conversation we've been having about the offensive line, I feel a little better now. Yeah, no question about it. A couple more for you, Dennis. Uh, let's talk about the defense a little bit. I mean, this kid, Will McDonald the fourth, has really jumped off the screen at me when I've seen him. Give me your thoughts on this defense and some of the young players that they have. Yeah, McDonald's a good one because when he was drafted, it was like, oh, okay. You know, it's like, yeah, he's got some, some talent. He, we saw the videos of him hopping over a car and stuff like that. You know, it's like, oh, all right, you know, you can mix in. But he's really – been able to show how athletic he is and 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 how good that spin move of his is. I mean that that's that's another weapon. And you know it's funny Jeff Ulbrich and, and Robert Sala and then even those guys on the defensive line they talk about their superpowers. You know who's got what superpowers and it sounds like something out of like Avengers. But that's how mm-hmm. they look at themselves because they all complement each other on that line. And and here's another kid coming off the edge who really. He's got the speed. He's got the height. He's got the you know the the overall quickness and athleticism. I think he'll be a great complement to that group because he offers something uh, that you don't they they don't really have. And Carl Lawson has has been out for a little while. He's more of a power guy, and now you, and now you have a guy who can speed rush. And now you also have Bryce Huff, who's really starting to become a presence and I think he deserves more a play and more snaps because when he's been out there he's been efficient at getting to the quarterback and um, I think they see that whole front with that defensive line led by Quinn and Williams and then those edge rushers that they could really get some pressure on the quarterback and then that young secondary and I, I think that's that's the key right there Sauce Gardner obviously DJ Reed and and Tony Adams has been a big surprise uh, at, as a guy who's kind of locked up the other safety spot opposite of Jordan Whitehead because he was an undrafted free agent last year, got some play, and he hasn't played in the preseason yet like all the rest of the starters. So it's clear they have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, they like his, his approach and his athleticism too. And so I think he's another young guy who has really uh, made his mark uh, from, from last season to now as, as a guy who they're going to rely on. All right, Dennis, last one. Other than offensive line, what's the biggest thing you've seen that would con- that concerns you as you watch this team so far? Um, other than the offensive line, um, maybe, you know what? Maybe the depth at linebacker, because I, mm. I know you have con- you know you have C.J. Mosley there. And Quincy Williams has that athleticism. I, I'm, not, I'm just not sure what you have after that. And I think that's still one of those spots that is kind of being played out now. Um, right there in the preseason. Jamie and Sherwood looks like he'll have the other linebacker spot, and they're, they're very high on him, and, and he's really uh, progressed, and Mosley's talked uh, very highly of him. But then you have other guys there that you know maybe aren't the household names. The rookie, uh, Zaire Barnes, he's had a pretty good camp, so he might be an answer there. Uh, Robert Sala has been high on Chad Surratt, but he's hurt right now. Uh, then there are other guys that, that they've worked in there, even Nick Vigil, a veteran who's kind of bounced around, they brought in. So the depth there, if C.J. Mosley went down, I would be really concerned because they don't have that type of 
presence in the middle of that defense anymore. So that would be my biggest concern, just having a couple of guys that they know would be able to step up in case of an emergency and just keep your fingers crossed that C.J. Mosley stays on the field. Sounds like they miss, they're going to miss Quan Alexander, huh? Yeah, and I, I think they they think that Sherwood could be a Quan Alexander mm-hmm. type, and they are high on Zaire Barnes. So I, I think they think that those two guys can kind of step in and replicate that energy, even though it'll be hard to do that because that guy, Quan Alexander, is just like a bundle of energy and, and just a good presence on and off the field with that with that team. Uh, but, yeah, I think those are the two guys that they're really looking to replace Quan Alexander with. Dennis, thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. We'll be uh, reading you on, at the AP and checking you on X at DWAS. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk soon, my friend. Thank you. You got it, Larry. All the best. All right. Regards to the family. Dennis Wazak. We'll come back. We'll give give you my thoughts on what Dennis had to say. We'll get your thoughts. We'll talk Jets. Well, Yankee fans, I know the game hasn't started yet. You still may want to call and vent a little bit before this game. You can do that as well. It's Hardesting on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Chatting with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also, via X at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Listen, once again, we'll take the Yankee calls. You call in. A couple of folks want to talk Yankees. We'll do that in a second. As far as what Dennis had to say about the Jets, look. It would be great if Makai Becton was able to put back-to-back games together where you could see him building confidence and if you got anything out of him, it would be a plus. No question. Anything. The fact that he looked the way he did yesterday is great. My biggest concern is this. Okay, and once again, I'll say it. Yeah, he went against second and third stringers. Dennis mentioned it. Yeah, it's about backups. All right, but from Beckton, the fact that he was on the field is great. (laughs) And number two, yeah, he did what he was supposed to do against those guys. Now let's see him progress and take that next step. Because for the Jets, it's very simple. It's very simple. It's about, is he salvageable? Even if not for us, if we can get another pick for him, let's do that. Maybe he turns into something else. Maybe he is a backup for us. But I really need to see more consistency before I'm ready to say, hey, you know what? Let's, this is great. Now he's now we got something. He did the backups. He did what he's supposed to do against the backups. He took care of business last night. Great. If he's able to go against the Giants front or whenever the season starts and he's able to go, if he can perform the way he's supposed to perform, stay on the field and be getting people's way, that would clearly help out the offensive line situation for the Jets. It's not even a question. It would help him out a lot. 
But if you're Robert Sala and company, you can't depend on that. So you, that's your backup plan. Boy, that's like wishing and hoping and, you know, it's Christmas and, and I, got the, I got the gift I always wanted. That's what that would be like. But in reality, you got to plan for the fact that you can't depend on it. You just do. You really do. That's the bottom line here. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. So what's your thoughts about the Jets? Are you are you happy that Aaron Rodgers is going to play against the Giants? Or are you really nervous? And for the Yankee fans, you still have a chance to vent with me. A couple of more minutes. I, I hate to do this to you. Aaron Boone made some comments. Let me just do this before I take your calls. Let me just do this for the Yankee fans. Listen, listen to this. Okay. Um, Aaron Boone on the team's struggles and the position it's put the team in. Listen to what Aaron had to say. I think the flatness comes when, when offensively you're not, you know, you're not producing much. And especially when of late, you know, you're falling behind early, then all of a sudden there's not the offense there to kind of get you back into it or get it going. You know, that's where it can have that appearance of flat. So I feel like the guys are preparing well and but then it comes to in the game like that fine line between you know finding wanting to be aggressive but also understanding it's hard to go chase a result as a hitter you know it's it's got to be you know process driven and focus on the quality of the at bat and then hopefully collectively from there you you get the results what so let me translate into what i heard when you're down big you have to really be patient and find a way to get little things done. Okay, but that they haven't done that all season consistently. So why would you think they do it now? If anything, there's more pressure when you're down 8-1, you're down 8-3, as you were the, the first two games against Boston. I guess it's going to be more pressure. You're trying to get back into the game quick because you're down so early. This is not a chip-away offense. Uh, my good friend Bill Lederman, sent me a text that says the Yankees are in the bottom fifth of Major League Baseball in on-base percentage. The bottom fifth. You're not winning games like that. You're not winning games like that. They don't get on base. And when they get on base, they don't bring, they don't get timely hits. And it's not new. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Nothing you don't already know. Will's in Jersey City. What's up, Will? Hey, bud. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. Um, just real quick, when you had a previous caller um call and pretty much broke things down in regards to potentially um getting an old school manager, right? Yeah. Um, I was telling the the guy that I spoke earlier. There's not many old school managers available, right? Um, the guys that are available, the, I mean, not available, but are still managing are the Bakers of the world, uh, Bob Melvin. So my question to you is, you know, um, is it time for Don Mattingly to come home? Mm-hmm. Because he's one of the, those guys that that is old school manager. Because what, what are we going next? We're going with Luis Rojas. We're bringing another puppy. I'm a, I'm a Boone fan. I'm not a, a Steinbrenner fan. I'm mm-hmm. a Boone fan. But who are we going with next? Mike uh, Nadini? Like, who, who, who? That, that would be the question. Thanks for the phone call. And the likely situation is it's going to be somebody that's not an old school manager, like you said. Maybe I, 
could stunt could 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 medically be an option, I guess. But I just let's put it this way: considering that Cashman is the person that let what you would kind of consider an old school manager in Joe Girardi, even though I remember people were talking about Joey Loose Leaves and Binder Joe, going by the numbers. Uh, you would cons- you would think that he is kind of an old school manager with how he approaches players, how he deals with players, how he interacts with players, and he was fired after the team got to the ALCS. Okay, because he criticized Gary Sanchez too much on his on his catching issues when Girardi would know because he was a catcher. <laughs> so I would think that you're probably going to see a manager with. Uh, a young a, a player that's gonna have a person that's gonna come in with little managing experience. Now, I know that David Cohn's name has been mentioned. David Cohn's name was mentioned when Boone came up uh, before. David Cohn's name was even mentioned uh, before Showalter, before Luis Rojas. David Cohn's name was mentioned as possibly Mets, and he's a guy that is analytic, does believe in analytics, but has also played the game. Okay, uh, got some rings. So it would be interesting to hear about him. And there's some other players who, former players who, uh, Carlos Beltran is another player whom, you know, was going to be the Met manager before the situation happened. And then, you know, that was taken away. But he seems to be a person that people think are going to be somebody that would be interested to be a, a person that could be, you know, a possible manager. But old school manager, you're right. There's not a bunch of them around. There's not. Ira's in Staten Island. What's up, Ira? Hey, uh, good afternoon, Larry. And, you know, I agree with everything you said about Beckton. Now, um, going forward for this Saturday with Aaron Rodgers, as long as a projected offensive line that they want to start versus the Bills is ready to go, uh, you know what? <clears throat> they, they're in a catch-22 because if he plays and gets hurt, they're going to get hammered. If he doesn't play and he's rusty into week four, they're going to say, well, why didn't he get some action during the preseason? <laughs> so you got to think that the coaching staff is going to be smart enough. Hopefully we don't get any bad luck. And I think Dennis hit everything right. I just think he's sleeping on bonds because he's impressed me a lot over the summer. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point this year, he's going to jump ahead of Sherwood and beat a starting linebacker. A couple of things, Ira, and I'm going to get your thoughts on it. Um, I would say that for me, even if I have to put in a sixth lineman or slide the tight end for help, that's what I'm doing if I've got Aaron Rodgers in there. I cannot, under any circumstances, have him with a calf or anything. I cannot get him out of that. Even if he gets one series and he may want to go longer, whatnot, I, I, can't, I can't risk it, Ira. There's too much on the line here. So, so that's... Well, okay, if we take one guy out of the out of the scheme, out of, you know, as far as receiving and whatnot, I'll deal with that. I just want him to get a rhythm. So let me see what this offensive line can do a little bit, and then everybody off the field. That that that's number one. Number two, I hear what you're saying, and for me, that's the biggest question I have about this team overall is the depth. And I know a lot of teams in the NFL don't have a lot of depth. I get it. But for me, with this team, with everything that is expected, all the pressures that are on this team, injury is going to be the biggest concern I have about them, especially that O-line, Ira. I mean, like I, I, I know I sound like 
a person that's stuck. Like, why is he saying the same thing over and over again? Because Dwayne Brown is supposed to be your backup. Dwayne Brown is not supposed to be your starter, Ira. No, I agree with you. And, and if they um, if they get some injuries on the offensive line, then they're not going to have the type of season people expect. Uh, just, that's just the way it is. I, I mean, ideally, you, you want Peck and DeSant and Brown to be the backup, but it just hasn't played out that way. And if you get recoup a pick for Peck, then I, I understand it. And personally, I think Turner was your starting right tackle opening night. Hmm. I hear you, are. All right, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. And uh, cross your eyes, fingers, and toes next next week when <laughs> Rogers starts in the preseason game. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on the Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. So... A couple of things on the Jets, and then we'll also talk about the Giants as well. It is, and once again, I'm not saying, nor am I trying to imply that Zach Wilson is going to be the next greatest thing at quarterback for the Jets. I'm not trying to say that, as I mentioned it with Dennis Wasak when we had him on about a half hour ago. I'm not trying to say that. But what I am saying is, the things that you're watching, the things that you're seeing, is there an improvement? Yes. And there should be. I mean, this is his third year. <laughs> okay? And yeah, it helps. It definitely helps when you have somebody in your ear who's helping you out. And so I'm not saying that the fact that there was a rookie offensive coordinator. I'm not saying that the fact that there was no veteran backup are the only that he would have been a tremendous player. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that having both of those really didn't help this kid. And and still I, I'm you know, he's gotten better, but once again, it's the same scenario. It's a it's against second and third stringers. So it's hard for me to really get excited if I'm a Jet fan about it. Okay, it's nice. It it shows that he is, you know, getting better, all right, but and he's getting reps. But once again, if he's doing this and he couldn't get into the end zone last night, and he had a great run, which was nice, what, 39 yard run, which was excellent. But once again, I need to see him get to the end zone. Okay, because that's how quarterback play is. That's how we get to learn about you. That's how we get to find out what you're able to do. Yes, moving the ball between the 20s is important. But can we get into the end zone? (laughs) Right? And so, yeah, you see signs of improvement. Great. Yes, you see that, you know, maybe he can be salvageable in the sense of, you know what, we got something. Hey, he's getting better. We can move on from him and do what we have to do. Okay? Because what's the what what's the main thing here? 
I don't think the Jets look in a quiet moment. I don't think the Jets expect that he's going to still be with this team. Are you going to give him? And this is third year. What is he going to do? Aaron Rodgers is here, hopefully, for two years. Okay, are you telling me that you think that in two years, going into his fifth year, you're going to sign him for a fifth-year option? I don't think so. I really don't. I don't think that's what you're going to do. Why would you? What has he shown you that he would he deserved the fifth-year option? I wouldn't do that at all. So really, I think what they're trying to do is, hey, listen, if he can be uh, salvageable, if we can get a draft choice for him, we will move on and we will draft another quarterback somehow. Even if we have to move up or trade up, because hopefully if you if you do what you're expected to do, and that is to go deep into the postseason and hopefully win a championship, be a Super Bowl winner, then you're not getting a really good <laughs> you're not getting a really good quarterback in the draft. You'd have to move up to get one or trade to get move up to get one. Unless what you're going to do is get a you know draft a quarterback where you are and sit in behind Rodgers as you're sitting uh Zach Wilson behind Rodgers and have him tutor both guys. And then when Rodgers moves on, you bring the next kid in, and then he's your start. And you reset the clock again. And it gives you another four or five years to see what you can do with this starter to this kid that you drafted. But you can't be, you you cannot be thinking Zach Wilson is your long-term future. You can't. Let's hear what Robert Sala had to say about uh, Zach Wilson's performance last night. He did a nice job. He extended some. He, he was really good in the pocket, good presence, threw a couple of good balls, got one to Lazard. I thought he was fine. All right. I agree. He did, did a nice job. Mike Tannenbaum was on with DPH on Rothenberg last week, and he made uh, the guys asked him about Robert Sala and the offensive line, and he was asked, should Coach be in a panic mode? I don't know if it's panic, but you're always looking to improve your team. You know, team building is a continuum. You know, it happens all year long. And, you know, we just saw Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott sign the AFC East. And, you know, I think it's going to be a very competitive division. But I I will say this, like, there is a shortage of good offensive linemen in the NFL. Like, the Jets have issues, but I promise you, there's a whole bunch of other teams that are, are looking at the same thing. So who solves it? And how quickly can may determine, you know, the fates of some of these teams. So I think the Jets have issues, but again, they are certainly not alone. No, they're not. They are not alone. And there's been a lot of conversation over the past couple of years uh, with scouts and folks who have an NBA and NFL insiders who have talked about the caliber of talent at the, at the lineman position coming out of college. And because, you know, linemen are asked to do, depending on the program, some different things. You know, some of them, I mean, there they are centers whom are coming to the NFL who don't know how to snap to a quarterback under center because everything is from shotgun. They, they don't know how to, you know. There's quarterbacks who have never taken a handoff. They've never taken a snap from a center. 
right under the center. Everything has been from the spread formation or or you know shotgun formation. It, it's it's crazy. So there is a concern, okay, about how you the, the type of offensive linemen, and they're limited. Some of them are limited. So no, the Jets are not the only ones who are struggling. You're right, Mike Tannenbaum. But for this situation, with an older quarterback who is not who's mobile, but not as mobile as he's been previously. It's a concern. It's a concern. Let's go to the Valley Stream. Talk to Obit. Obit is next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, how you doing, Larry? How's everything? Everything's good, Obit. What's up? Not much. This, I just wanted to rebuttal some of the comments around, um, you know, Zach Wilson. Now, I, I kind of understand, you know, and get the whole, um, you know, what he put for, what he's put forth so far is in the best in terms of hope for the future. But I think we're kind of discounting a little bit um, the presence of Aaron Rodgers and kind of what he's doing for Zach. Um, I know you had mentioned a lot of the times, you know, him not scoring a touchdown. I mean, he, he scored one last week, right? And, like, um, I think I think for us and Zach and looking at his progress, I, I think we got to take it from a lens of, you know, he's developing and he's, he, he needs a little bit more time to be able to get to where he, he needs to go. And although I know New York is not a, pas- a patient fan base and we picked the number two overall, and I understand all that, but I think – you know, for us being in the position that we have been in in so many years past, not being able to find that, um, you know, franchise caliber quarterback, you know, you can go through the Genos, you can go through um, uh, 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 Christian Hackenberg, you know, to name a few, right? Uh, I think why not, you know, exercise a little bit of a patience? Why not give Joe Douglas and this uh, coaching staff an opportunity to, you know, dial Zach, dial Zach back a little bit and, and, and train him up? I think. You know, I mean, who are we? From what position are we to be able to say as Jets fans, oh, let's get rid of this project? Like, why not see it through? You know, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice by not, you know, seeing the plan through. And I get where you're coming from as well because, you know, this first couple of years have been horrible. But I think, you know, we should take into account Aaron Rodgers' presence and, you know, just give give him the opportunity to, you know, put what he, put what he can in Zach's head and, and see where that goes. At the end of the day, not many... How many quarterbacks can we say uh, at Zach's age has gotten the opportunity to be tu- uh, to be to be uh, you know tutored by you know a future first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't think there's been many if we look throughout history. So why not you know wait and see what what comes out of this? That that's that's the only point I was trying to make. But thanks, right, Larry. I appreciate you picking up the call. No problem. Thanks for the phone call because there is a time limit, and the time limit has been set by the National Football League. In two more years, this is his third year. In two more years really in a year, the Jets have to make a decision as to whether they're going to offer him an extension that could pay him upwards of $40, $50 million a year in year five. Okay? Now, they could franchise him, and whatever the highest-rated quarterback is and whatnot, you would pay him the franchise tag for one year. They could do that as well. But how are you going to determine what the effect has been for Aaron Rodgers, for Zach Wilson, other than saying that Aaron Rodgers is hurt and Zach Wilson gets a chance to play. We'll continue the thought next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.